This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Striking Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL, Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing, and every once in a while, we get a big name pro that rolls through the area. Big name, you know. You got your own hat, you got, and, and you have your own saying, Ocean Pony. You yeah. have your own nickname. Yeah. Uh, so that qualifies daryl gleason yeah. uh joining me in the btl studios on a on a frosty tuesday that is going to conclude with some crappie fishing immediately after the show. pretty excited about the crappie fishing uh thanks for stopping by i yeah. know that you're kind of in this neck of the woods a little bit we have a mutual sponsor uh the bass tank right and you've got the big dually out in the parking lot there yeah. and you got the rig uh yeah. up with scott palmer yeah. and the boys at the bass tank getting ready for uh Getting ready for the Bassmaster Open EQ season, which kicks off the first week of February. I know it's like right, it's fixing to happen, ain't it? Yeah, it's real close. Real and then late. with the new off limits, you know, I was thinking 30 days out, but now it's 14 days out. Yeah. And Okeechobee terrifies me, to be quite honest. It's, it's, you know how it is. Last year was the first time I went there. So, like, is it as intimidating as it seems if you haven't mm -hmm. spent a lot of time on it? Yeah, and what's it's an intimidating. If you haven't been there, it's intimidating enough. But when you know the field you're fishing against, you know, has Scott Martin in it and all these other guys that yeah. have been there quite a few times. Yeah, it, that's the part that could rattle your head. Don't let it rattle your head. So, but what do you think has more place. information though? The opens where you can get info up to 14 days before the event, or an elite series where it goes off limits, but you have the guys who they are. Just, they just seem to know, like. I always felt like my time out there, like three days of practice, a lot of times I learned what they showed up knowing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it took me three days to find what they started with a lot of times. So, but that's probably how a lot of guys feel. That's how I feel on Toledo Bend. Thousand percent. I think you feel it anyway, especially when you go to a big one. And Okeechobee's changed a lot. So uh yeah, I think I'll spin you out or anything. It was it was intimidating and that thing is rough, dude. Yeah. Like you don't think of Florida, you don't think of big water, but it gets like it's the fifth largest lake mm -hmm. completely enclosed. You in can't the see United across States. the middle. Like you're fishing, and there's like boats everywhere around you. You look out toward the middle, and you can't see the land anywhere. Have you ever like gone across it? I didn't do it. No, I never ran across it. I ran. They have like the little rim canals, yeah, those kind of thing. I ran that kind of stuff, but I never had to go across it. But last year, we also went out of the northern west area near the Kissimmee River or whatever river yeah. that is. We're going out of Scott, the, Scott Martin, Roland Martin's Marine. Have you? I, so, so I have been there. I went down there and had, uh, it was cool. One of my, uh, good friends through like uh, guiding or whatever was down there visiting. I went down there and had dinner with him. Uh, do they still have the deal where it's like the Roland Martin body with the head cut out when you roll in and you can put your head in there and it says like, it's a big and sun or something. Cause I, I remember when I, I went there, that, I took the I, picture. I'm mad. I where, you know it. what I mean? Like where they have the yeah, cut out yeah, yeah. head and you, I like had to do that, and I then I went in there and it, got. Yeah, uh, I didn't do the tourist thing very well. I wish I would have. That'd have been really. Cool. Florida's the other thing where when you go to the tackle shop, 
there's like a couple brands regardless yeah. of what you use it right. does i do not care who you are you yeah. could be sponsored by be the best plastics but in the you're world. gonna go spend some money on you're gonna get gambler. bitters baits bitters gambler gambler and bruiser bruiser they're all super popular and they work down there well too so like yeah don't matter who you're sponsored yeah. by whatever i've seen not just myself tackle stores love when i roll in because i always get some goodies but um all the pros you got to buy that stuff when you're like there's regional things everywhere you know that work and down there for some reason those guys get it mostly because they make everything in black and blue and june bug yeah like 98 variations of black and blue but that'd be it'd be a fun way to start that was my first time last year for that elite going there um so i'm curious to see how the open field will lay out on it i think it'll be a disaster i mean it'll be a disaster snuggle struggle it'd be really uh, i mean you fished a bunch of the opens you know how it is with the 200 boats they all yeah you i mean and and a lot of times in florida people say if you're not around a crowd you're not around the fish right not a lot of times i think that's a like it's got to happen. has there ever been a florida tournament that was won by a dude off on his lonesome i mean think back through history deep in the archives um like a dude who was like i mean was revet that was that revet was he he was doing something by himself he clearly was doing the best thing. I don't know if he was alone though up there. I think other people fished up that river, okay. but I'll be honest. Like, so while the events are going on and stuff, and obviously with like the way my year ended, I hadn't looked back to see like when the events going on, you don't know really who's catching them where you can't mm-hmm. look at coverage. You can't do those things. So, um, you know, obviously after the event, you're like, Oh God, he won scoping. Like you hear that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I, I don't know. So I don't know that he was on his own, but I know there was a lot of dudes in a few, like, couple areas lots of dudes yeah. jammed in there it's gonna be a little weird for the opens there'll be some videos coming out like whole buzzard and there's gonna be like 40 people in the background you know like mm-hmm. i just tend to roll into those took me a while to do it like at harris chain the year before that on the elites i was around the banana cove party and i decided to like stay on the outer edges and they all caught the crap out of them and i look like an idiot so i just think uh Everyone has to accept that, like, you, we're all... Yeah, you're going to be looking at someone we're if you're be looking doing at good. Someone. Uh, good. Jody White, the fearless leader over at MLF, yeah. who's... Jody Blanco. Provides an yeah. inordinate amount of knowledge, vast knowledge. He said Schmidt was pretty lonely when he won the Toyota Series on Toho. I don't remember that tournament. I'm not going to lie. I don't either right now. I know Schmidt's won everything with grass. Yeah. I don't remember that event specifically right now. Um. My toxic trait is when I have a poor event. Yeah. I don't want to be reminded of it. So I don't watch any of the other videos that come out or exactly how it was won or even right. the live, like when they have the live on the yeah. final day. And those are the events that I need to be watching the most to see what I right. missed. Now, when I check, I want to go back and see how the guys yeah, yeah, did course, and stuff. Right. But I should be doubling down and trying to learn as much, if not more, I, I after did. that event. I did both and it maybe it wasn't good for me because uh, after a bad event, I would like a lot of times I would do, you know, bass live on the weekend or whatever they'd have. have So I would watch some the morning of to kind of get an idea of what I missed, what's going on, Mm -hmm. what's the storyline. So I could go do a good job doing that. But if I was traveling like immediately after your event, I would watch some of the live to try to learn. But looking back, I wish I hadn't because I think you do need a little time like mentally to like work through what you did and not, you don't want to mix in what someone else is doing because it's easy when you're like, oh, he's lives coming yeah. up, you know, like it makes you feel dumb. But you did a lot of things that led you to where you were for a reason. I don't know. A little more time to sort that out, I think, helps without mixing in what everybody else is doing. 
are you uh are you excited to get the year started and back on the water because like let's say you did yeah. a decade to make it you fish the elites for right. two years and then bam we're starting three, three years. years sorry yeah. no you're good and then we're starting right off in february yeah, I, and I'll, you're in for all nine yeah absolutely yeah it, it took me a little time you know like well documented um myself and other people like when i come home from st lawrence it sucks yeah you can go back and listen to the podcast yeah i mean you did podcast yeah. talked all about it but um you know like every day i got away from that like i'm i am looking forward i'm not looking back so like mm-hmm. even if my wife says something back home like she may something say something about you know last year like she's all in this with me too right so she'll say something i just say rearview mirror yeah. that's all i mean like all that's so um very fired up like yeah. picking up the new boat Getting it up here to the bass tank, get all my electronics. What are you running? On it. Uh, another. This is my sixteenth, I think. Phoenix. Sixteen Phoenixes. I believe it's sixteen. Yeah, I started in '09. Walked up to Gary Klaus at the Classic. At uh, I was a school teacher at the time that just fished on the weekends on Toledo Bend and Rayburn. Yeah. Uh, the Classic was at Red River and just like rolled up to Gary Klaus like I was somebody. Duke Cold. Gay. Saw him. Saw him standing, knew who he was. I'm a like a fish nerd. You know, we've talked about how like bass on. I like watch yeah. it all the time when I was teaching school. But just stone cold. I don't know why I did this, or because now I'm a pretty shy dude when I don't know people. It's hard mm-hmm. for me to approach new dudes. But I just rolled up to him and chatted with him a little bit, and he was super cool. Kind of gave. Did me you a go shot. there with the intention to chat with him? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so you kind of fired yourself up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because you got to think, too, like, this was 08, 09. This was 09. Yep. There wasn't as many boat companies. Like, it was a big deal when a new company come out. And Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix had a lot was, of hype. Yeah, I remember that. You know what I mean? Like, a lot yeah. of hype around, like, this new build and this new ride. And Remember they had that deal in the middle of the deal? The little was lazy like a Susan. lazy Susan. I had that. So, the actual, the, the boat I ended up buying, like, it was really cool. Blessed that he gave me an opportunity, right? Um, which is ironic because me and him both – are now back in the opens. Yeah. But anyways, a uh, little bit closer to your mouth there. It was really yeah. cool to me. Um, the first boat that I ran was actually the boat that was on the, like their home screen on their website, a red and white 721. So yeah, that's, it's cool. And like not many guys have, I don't know anyone else other than maybe Gary or someone at the factory who's been with them. Like from day one, I know Hackney's been with them, I believe a yeah. long, long time and there's several others, but yeah, it's, it's really cool, dude. So, but all that stuff preparing for next season, it like, um, you know, all those little scars you get from a bad season, mm-hmm. whether it's opens or whatever it is, it's the best way I found to heal them is moving forward and starting to anticipate. So like me and my wife were planning, you know, what campgrounds we're going to stay at. Uh, I hadn't started researching for lakes yet and all that stuff, but like getting my boat rigged out, fixing to order all my Falcon rods, like getting all that stuff ready, looking forward is like the best way to, are you anticipated all you're cool with talking about what you're putting on the rig this year? Like electronics yeah, wise and set up and all that. Yeah, we can. Are I'm you like, going crazy? No, I'm not going crazy. It's crazy for me. Cause I'm, I'm making a, a, a change in brands, which is, we didn't talk about this before the show. Is this, you're, you're, you're good with this. I mean, you don't no, I'm fine. Let all me, right. Yeah. Let's have, um, let's have it. Cause I'm interested in this. Cause we're going to go fishing. I, I run multiple brands on my yeah, yeah. headed to go catch. some. Yeah. And, and it, it's not a, just one of those life. I probably, it's good to make some changes, mm-hmm. dude. Like I'm super loyal and stay with people a long, long time. And, and luckily they stay with me as well. But, uh, yeah, for the first time this year, I'll be running garments and I'm excited all about mapping, everything, mapping, uh, all units, trolling wow. motor, all of it. And I've been a Lawrence guy for years. They're great. Yeah. Not, I'm not, I'm not the guy. It's like I switched cause this is the best yeah. and they all suck. I'm not doing that. Um, it was just kind of time for a change and especially me. Um, you know, one of the things that happens when you were on the elites and then you, 
have to, I'm going to say, I'm going to use the word relegated. That's yeah, a Carl Jakobson term from soccer, relegated. Yeah. It sounds better than the boot. When you're relegated back down, um, you know, like a lot of your sponsor deals change, right? Yep. And so, and uh, you know, with some of those changes, you, it's time for you to make a transition. So I'm kind of excited about that. That's another thing. Like I've stared at one screen, dude, for like 10 or 12 mm -hmm. years, like my whole guiding professional career. So it'd be kind of fun to go learn some new stuff and they're doing great things. Uh, a big part of that too, you know, this is like at the opens, like getting service. If you have a problem, if something happens and the Garmin guys are, are there, I, yep. I don't know that Lawrence, I don't believe Lawrence travels to the opens. I, I don't, don't think. I, I think they maybe, might, maybe yeah, some, they, I'm not there's sure. Something there. I know. I do know the Garmin guys. Like I've had, I've torqued my, yeah. uh, I talked with them a few my times transducer like, at the red river where right. I like, and I walked up and the Garmin guy was like, awesome. He's like, here's what happened. Mm -hmm. Here's a part that you need to carry. Right. That's extra. And here's how you level it to make sure that you're right back. Which on. is like a, it's hard to say when you're on the road doing that stuff. It's a huge deal yeah. to and have then that he kind came of backing. Up to me right. The next day walking down and was like everything good. And I didn't know the guy. Yeah. Uh, but that's just, but so, but again, nothing negative to say about Lawrence, but I'm yep. excited. And part of it too, like working with the Bass Tank, they, mm -hmm. you know, move a lot of garments. They know a lot of stuff about Garmin. So uh, again, it was just, it was a change. Change is sometimes hard for me because again, I'm, I get stuck in stuff. Yeah. But I do I'm, exactly I'm excited, but no, I'm not going over the top, dude. I'm running, uh, I'll have four units on the boat, four twelves, trailer motor. I'm doing two, two transducers up front. Two two live scope transducers. Okay. One in perspective, one forward. There you go. Um, I did the same thing Which last year. Which is crazy year. that that's what's standard now. <laughs> Not I going know. over the top. I know. Like I did that last year and people were like, you're running two active targets. Holy cow, dude. It's, now it's nothing when they started seeing guys with mm -hmm. five and six. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Like all, all of these things to me are, I, I kind of feel like I did all those years in the opens, like that anticipation of a new season. That's, that's, uh, what gets you going? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so and all Foster the planning, back. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the biggest thing that everyone talks about is the sponsor when when you're relegated when or you're when relegated, you move yeah. up. Because I've also talked to some guys right, who are like, right. "Holy cow! I had sponsored deals at the Open. Wasn't planning on making the Elite Series. Right. Then made the Elite Series, and right. my sponsor's like, "Cool, we get you for free for two years, basically." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Wait, that's how that works." Yeah. So I mean, that's a weird yeah, dynamic yeah. too. And you have a really unique non-endemic. Yeah, yeah. So Foster Fence, commercial company, a commercial fence company out of like the Houston, Texas area, but they work everywhere. Um, yeah, as far as I know, like we're good. Like I actually talked to him yesterday. He's probably watching today. Like oh. he's a huge fan of the show and all oh, that. Wow. So. Um, yeah, I'll be good there, um, and and all the other uh, sponsor stuff. Nothing major to announce at this time. I, everyone's on board, which is okay. How awesome is that? No, that's because like awesome. on, you know, looking in the rearview mirror on that drive home. Oh my god, I got to go back to the opens and requalify. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm a sponsor stand. Like those are thoughts that go yeah. through your head, dude. Like you're like checking the teaching certificate. Going. <laughs> Is no, no, still, I, ain't going, I ain't going back teaching. I'm like, still active? I'm like scrolling through my phone, like who all wants to go fishing, looking for guide clients. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, no, those are thoughts like, dude, since I'm getting, since I'm dropping back, who's going to stay on board? Cause it's going to be a journey coming back. I know. Um, but, but I, I'm blessed, dude. Great group of people. And that's why I try to do long-term deals and work with people for a long, long time. Because, because of that, because like in your low moments, they stay, yeah. you know, like, okay. So big deal. I Oh, I want to mention this. So everyone talks about it in the industry. You can get on any podcast and anything, and they talk about the pie and the industry pie and how yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. trying to get a right, piece right, of that. Right. And the Holy Grail is a non-endemic that you work with and yeah. you understand. You have that. Yeah. 
talk a little bit about how how you get a unicorn like that yeah. and then what i'm also interested in is and this is what i think a lot of people have a difficult a lot of anglers have a difficult time transitioning mm. you know how you can be valuable to an endemic right by catching fish by selling right. products by being at the classic yeah. and red yeah. and all that but a non-endemic like right. a foster of commercial fencing like yeah. what is the value in daryl gleason for foster and then vice versa so i mean obviously a lot of it a lot of it for me, it's like, it'd be hard to even say, like, he, he's a special dude, gave me a lot of opportunities. So I don't know if I could ever do what I need to do for him, but right. how did it all have, like guiding dude, guiding and relationships for me, that's what it's all about. It's so never you been get a, a random dude. He calls you up. He says, I want to go out on what Toledo. He wanted to come on Toledo and go fishing. Had no go clue fishing. who he was. No. And like, it was actually cool. I don't know if I ever actually told this story publicly. Like he comes on a guide trip with me, never mentions, Hey, I own foster fence. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they had sponsored another angler at one time down that way. And, and basically, like, when they sponsor, an, like, it, it's kind of like they sponsor an angler. They want you to take, like, some of their customers on some trips. They want you to take some of their employees on trips. They want to come on some trips. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like paying for trips up front situation. Right? I got you. Um, but so his dad had ran the company. They sponsored another angler. I think that angler had moved on to another sponsor. Son bought the company, running it, whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to try to expedite this. He comes on a trip with me. Like just, it's another guy I want to go fishing. I know yeah. nothing about it. We just, and you do this often in the boat on guide trips. You just hit it off, talk about family, talk about life, catch a few fish, have some fun, blah, blah, blah. And, um, this was my maybe third year since I left my teaching job guiding. But the next day I was off and, uh, check my, uh, I got a text. Hey, check your emails from, it was from his name's Trent. Trent texted me and said, Hey dude, check your email. I sent you a proposal. Like that's how he did it. Like, tell the boss. Never talked about it at all. No, we talked about life. We talked about fishing. We did probably talked in general about sponsorship yeah. and things, but not you sponsoring me. Yeah, it wasn't a sales pitch. But boss moved, dude. He like yeah. just says, "Check your email." I got your proposal. I'm like, "Oh, that's." Me and my wife were in tears on the couch, dude. Like, I didn't have a, and I had some great sponsor at the time, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a title sponsor. Like, someone really, and that changed everything for me. That allowed me then to like, I have talked about this. Like, where that changed things for me is then instead of guiding every day up until I left to go to an open, you know, there was no practice time. So I could go like two, three days early and get extra practice and things like that. But as far as like returning the value for guys like that. So, you know, it's not that like necessarily he's got tons of contracts off me. I think mm -hmm. a lot of it, he's a great person and wants to be along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And we have such a great relationship. Um, like he drove me around the classic arena when I made it, Oh, that's cool. which is really cool. So like just stuff <laughs> like that. But, but no, like those fishing trips and stuff, like loving on his customers, dude. Like it, it's a it's a cool deal for him to say, Hey, I got a guy that yeah, you know, wants to go fish Toledo Bend and he knows like I'm not some dude on Facebook saying I'm a guide. He knows so what he's, he's got a dude who's putting a ton of money into foster fencing and as a person he can say, Oh, you like to fish? Dude, I got a dude that can take you. Uh huh. So I, That's I think such a Texas deal. It, it is, but I think it could be utilized everywhere. I think it's something a lot of the pros don't utilize. Um but it's not a rock star fun thing. Like it's cooler to say, mm -hmm. dude, I caught him on this crankbait. Go buy a bunch. But as far as moving the needle, I think you, that more anglers could move the needles in the non-endemic world by getting people in the boat, taking them experience. Like we take for granted in our world. Not a lot of people have went out and caught 20 pounds or caught 30 bass or like, we think that's common because we do it often. Speak for yourself. Well, I don't do it as I didn't do it as often as I needed to last year, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. from guiding, you can tell when someone catches a five pounder and, and like, you know, 
how excited they are. Like there's a lot of value to that. So, so honestly, I, but I, I do think the biggest thing with him, he's a good dude and he took a chance on me. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could ever repay him, but as far as finding those deals, like what I, my recommendation to dudes is like, be a good guy. Yeah. You, 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 you have to be a dude that people want, people want to be on your team. People want to root for you. If you choose to be, um, you know, name whoever, like Duke basketball, you know what I mean? Like yeah. people love them or hate them. Yeah. I've always tried to be like a good guy to everybody. I really want to live life that way. And I really mean that. And I, I do think people are more willing to be on your team when you're not so controversial. And I know controversial gets clicks and that's so popular right now. I've never been that dude. Like you described me one time as buttoned up. Did I really? You told me, yeah. You said like, um, you were talking about sponsorship stuff and you said, I would describe you as buttoned up. Mm-hmm. Like if I sponsor you and you you're supposed to do you're this, getting, well, this, I've this. heard that from sponsors. Right. They, from the guys who are making the decisions, they want right. to know when they go to bed that when they wake up the next morning, they have don't have a guy who's done yeah. something that requires. I could see like emergency attention. S- some of the some of the which people is, I, yeah some of the click getting controversial stuff. Like, dude, if I was running that company or over marketing and I was responsible for some of these dudes, I'd be nervous. So, but anyways, with with all I said, dude, um, it, it's all about relationships in this sport. I just think a lot of people, and I, I'm blessed to live where I live on Toledo Bend. I'm near Sam Rayburn. It's a Mecca. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants to be down there. So I've made great relationships and uh, I've worked hard to maintain those and be a good person. And, you know, like I, I could never thank him enough, like taking a chance, give me a shot. And, and even now, as I'm relegated back down, like we talked on my way home from St. Lawrence, like at no point was he ever like, well, dude, you suck now, so I'm out. It's it's just not like that. But, yeah. but that's the beautiful part to me by having those. You have a relationship mm-hmm. where you're not a number on a piece of paper for a conglomerate, bait company, or whoever. It's a different relation. It's a different deal. You're expendable then. Mm-hmm. Here you have relationships, and so you know, I don't. It, it's it's odd deal. Most most of it honestly just fell in my lap, but I also spent a lot of quality time on the water with people to get there. Yeah. So. It seems like Texas is big on that, especially like you go down there and you see a lot of like oil and gas wraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know like uh, Brian Knighton does a lot with uh, Knighton Industries. And Keith, Keith Combs Keith had, had several sponsors do that. I mean, gas you, and oil you is look at it and you're like, well, how is that selling? The, but it's not. And it's more like that. It's the relationships within it that it's, you have an angler in your fold, in your okay, company. So, that, so like like those businesses are relationship businesses. Yep. So I like, like the bass fish down there and they love the bass fish. So Texas if you own an oil and gas company and you have a customer who's a supplier, who's a great customer of yours, that's a way for you to show them some love. Dude, go fishing with Seal their order, whoever. Million dollar deal with a couple days. On dude, the- I did a deal one time where I had a customer and he told me ahead of time, he's like, I'm bringing this dude. You, I want him in the front of the boat with you. I'm going to be in the back, like help him. Like, yeah. And he, he sent me like a tip like a few weeks later and he was like, you sealed the deal. You wouldn't believe the number he told me, like million dollar contract, like That's millions awesome. of dollar yeah. contract. And all I did was fish the dude and have a good time, but it's all relationships. So mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a side of the, the guys that like just turn pro and don't guide and miss all that. Like the guiding stuff I know isn't always like, uh, you know, like sexy. It's like a lot of number. You have to go out a lot of days to make money. It's, it's a grind, mm-hmm. but you can make a lot of great relationships. Clay said, uh, Clay's on every show. Clay Williamson. Great. Uh, yeah. 
BTL supporter. He said, I knew a guide that kept a journal about all of his returning guys, what they ate, drank, what they talked about, said it helped keep his customers happy, which basically like keep it a log. That journal. seems like something Jimmy Mason would do or something like they're way better than me at it. Jimmy Mason's the Alabama guy. Alabama guy. Yeah. Good buddy. Series for- yeah, yeah. You know him, dude. That guy we is, talked yesterday the, on the way up here. is the most, uh, I, Jimmy Mason is in every, he pops up everywhere. He's like but, in commercials. He's buttoned up. Wouldn't you say he's buttoned up? Like, like, you know what you're getting out of him, dude. He works his butt off. Dude, do you, have, do you not see him show up all over social media, mm-hmm. magazines, mm-hmm. advertising, commercials, yeah. ba- like everything. Jimmy but, Mason is on top of his game. If he was on here right now, he would tell you like relationships. Yeah. Like, that's what it's all about. And, and and work ethic. Like those first few years guiding for me, dude, I did nothing other than like go to the lake and fish every day. I lived an hour from you the lake. You were saying that last night. You... I took six years, didn't drink a beer, didn't play golf. I either guided or was preparing for whatever tournament I was fishing because I fished everything down there then for six years. I did nothing fun. Like I slept on the, I was telling you like that's when I got my little dog Rowdy and me and Rowdy took a whole lot of naps. How'd you find Rowdy? Um, He come from my wife's grandparents. Someone gifted them two puppies. They only wanted to keep one and they named him Rowdy because he was a little wild as a puppy. And so uh, I goaded my wife into going and getting him like on a cold November or December night. So this was your, you were the dog. Oh guy. yeah, I'm a dog. She is too, but I'm a sucker. I'd have like 50 okay. up to me. But yeah, like I was like, you know, they're making him sleep on the porch in the cold. Aww. I played that whole thing with her. And so she called her grandma. and was like, uh, if we come get rowdy and foster him, will you bring the other one's name was Leona, his sister, Leona. Rowdy will you bring Leona inside if we come get rowdy? And that was the deal. We went and got Rowdy and to foster him. That night he slept on me. I went to taught school, like taught school the next day and come home. And she's like, oh, the UPS guy saw Rowdy and was interested. And I was like, you ain't selling my dog. I went like old yeller. You ain't selling my dog. You ain't giving up my dog. So, yeah, that was like 11 or 12 years ago. But every day I'd come home from Toledo Bend, like wore out in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Me and Rowdy pile up on the couch, take a nap. So, but yeah, but there was a grind portion of that for me, like, but like I think Jimmy still does that. He goes like every day. I don't guide as much now. Yeah, he's jamming it. You did a uh I will guide more this you year. You did a good podcast that I called you afterwards. You did the juice. Yeah, yeah. With, where uh, you talked about like t shirt printing and all that stuff. Yeah. That's worth going checking out uh Gleason's episode of the juice. That's a yeah, the that's juice. a East yeah. Texas podcast. Yeah, right? Shane Shane and uh Wyatt, two East Texas uh little I enjoy uh, hammers down there. Yeah, they're good dudes, man. Yeah. Good good dudes. Yeah, Shane actually, Check that out. It kind of goes more into your background and the grind like the I hate to use that term. I hate to, yeah, I hate to say it because you don't feel term. like it's a grind when you're doing it. It's your damn dream. So like it's, I didn't feel, it was just your life. It's what we choose, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I hate using that word too. It gets overused and I overuse it myself. But Was the ocean pony thing uh, a cognitive, not cognitive, was it a, I don't know, what word am I looking for? Did, were you like, hey, I need some, some no. catch thing? No, okay, so that. Um, is just multiple crazy hours on the water with people. Like I had these guys, like somewhere I'm on the water one day with some guys. That, and when you, especially when you spend, let's say you go with these two guys twice a year for three years, four years, like you mm-hmm. become buds, dude. Like, and so, uh, so, yeah, somewhere in there, like the running joke at Toledo Bend always for me was because lots of my customers were like folks that fish shallow and I'm introducing them how to fish offshore, that kind of stuff was like, why are we out here in the ocean? Why are we all so far away uh, from the bank? Like, you know, like, especially like Cajuns are like, bro, why aren't we up there throwing yeah, up some cypress yeah. tree? And, you know, so um, 
just somewhere randomly because I drew a cage in it. Sam Raver, he's like, Well, I never been out here before. Yeah. <laughs> I was scoping out the field. Yeah, dude, I could have guys in August. They're like, Hey, what about them trees, bro? And I'm like, There's like three inches of water. The water's 90 degrees. Said, and he's like, I had never been out here yeah, before, bro. It's fun. So I got that all the time guiding, right? I had these dudes like, Why are we out here in the ocean, man? What are we doing? And somehow that just popped out of someone's mouth one day, ocean pony. That's what we A started calling. Yeah, it's what we started calling big ones. I don't remember if I said it, they said it. It just happened. You got it on the hat now. And it stuck. Yeah. You said you got a hat like that for me? Yeah, in my truck. I did. Dude, I have like three BTL hats left. I'll trade you. I would take I would take a BTL there's hat. There's a couple. Um, but there might, there's a couple. Yeah, so we did like one. a Toledo Bend Home of the Ocean Pony hat. We I did like some shirts. That. There's a little merch drop my wife done last year. So kind of fun. But yeah, it just ended up being like the fun nickname for uh, when, you know, when you catch a big one offshore. It's kind of what I start calling them. All right, hey, we're going to take our first break of the show and we come back. Uh, you want to talk about some like lures, some baits? Yeah. Let's do that. We haven't, okay. haven't done that in a while. I haven't had a good yeah. good bait talk. It's uh, BTL on a Tuesday. Daryl Gleason in studio getting his rig rigged Ready. at the Bass Tank just up the road. Uh, we'll be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from BassCat. Feel the rush. Guys, if you're a construction worker, soccer dad, soccer mom, you want to be outdoors, oh, you've seen the Reaper. This right here is the Zip Up Full Reaper, but it's windproof, folks, windproof. And it actually has the mask built in. It's behind me. I mean, if you can look good, feel good, and stay warm, you better check it out. It's the Zip Up Reaper. That's right, windproof. Elite Series Pro, Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polnick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. All right, welcome back, uh, BTL on a Tuesday at Theragluson. We got a, we have a slight, it's a like a housekeeping issue, yeah. is what I would call that. Yeah. I noticed 
It's an odd housekeeping issue. Ran the the pro guide battery commercial there. Can we just dub? Is that what we've decided we're going to do? Yeah, we're trying to decide. I I think we should let the fans decide how we're going to do. Because, you know, I introduced myself as Elite Series Pro. Here, let me run it real quick again. Elite Series Pro. We got a... Elite Series Pro, Daryl Gleason here. My pro guide batteries keep me... Do like, when it says Elite, do I just say real loud, like, Elite Qualifier? Do I just throw in Qualifier? Or do we say Former Elite Pro? I think I like relegated so elite right pro. before so here we'll play i like when relegated e- elite in. pro especially if I- elite series pro daryl gleason here my pro guide batteries yeah that works you see like relegated elite pro i think that would be okay yeah we have to uh we have to fix that it's a little weird we might just be time hey, for a new no one wants that title pro guide spot we need to figure out a way to to make a better title than former because that's what you get introduced i'll tell you now. what opens former. eq angler yeah it sounds it's way lot. more professional than a guy who just pays two thousand dollars for an entry fee. It does, and, and which we all are fixing to gladly do. Look at what you get. <clears throat> oh wait, you'll get a patch or a sticker. All you right, get an opens EQ yeah. sticker. See, I mean, look how professional that. These was. are the things people don't get when you like. So now, if I reflect back on the last few years being a pro, like one of the perks is like all the stickers and free hats you get. I have hats for life. From look at sponsor. that. That like sponsors are like I don't want I can't write you a check but I give you some some lures and a I hat. have two duffel bags of hats and those are my go tos. See I don't I don't keep that many because I give them away to folks. You Again, need, do you have a way to store your hats that's that and that neat? No, but I've, that is the deal. To after store being hats. in your home for a night, like I want you to come stay at my house for a week and just I want you to just redecorate because like you have you're in order. You're a buttoned up guy in your home here. Seriously. Yeah, it's chaos in my I, house. Dude. I appreciate that. my garage chaos. Yours is a uh, much better. Although you did have several boxes and things on your boat i saw earlier that like look like you. I had cases of beer on the boat it yeah. is a holiday i don't season. want to call you out he had cases of beer all over the boat and like 18 foot long crappie rods yeah so uh you got to go with the holiday cheer yeah whenever you get can get a case of that and then yeah. i got suckered into the sam adams holiday tester pack hadn't tried that remind one. me to throw a couple of those in the fridge because they're out and then you just get the standard uh the crappie drinking beer is Coors Light. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting my sticker uh, next year. But yeah, that's a little weird. Oh, here's a great idea. Someone wants the word relegated, but to have Mark Jeffries dub it over in his loud, aggressive voice. I like Jeffries that. Voice. See, that's, so it goes, that's relegated. That puts a like a BTL bass <laughs> zone feel to it. Relegated. Because couldn't you see him getting fired up about like if you we, he was here now, he'd be like, he's not an elite pro, dude. You got to change that commercial. He's no longer out there. Yeah, I like that. Let's see if we can get Jeffrey. So that'd be cool. It would. I just had him on the show. I bet with, I could uh, get. Carl, I bet I could get Carl to do it. Rele- How do you even relegated. say relegated? Relegated. Relegated. So the one of the first couple times I had Carl on, he was talking about yeah. fishing in Florida. Yeah. And he talked about how he got beat into this backwater area by an aluminium boat. An aluminium boat. It was no joke. Probably a year and a half later, and I didn't want to be an idiot. And it was on BTL with Jeffries, and it like, just it about? never came back up to where I could right. be like, "Is this one of those Gambler Florida boats?" You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like, what is an al- twenty-four is foot boats al- down there? Aluminium. Aluminium. Okay. And That's I thought it was like a a Florida flats boat right. or something like because you know yeah, they've got you go yeah, down yeah, there yeah, and yeah. there's all sorts of go fast right. big giant twenty-four right. foot and. uh it took me like a year before I realized that's how Aussies say aluminum. That's funny. Carl's mm-hmm. such a good dude, man. Like yeah. Carl, like him and his wife camped with us and stuff. So that was always really cool. Um, but I didn't like, I didn't understand. Like, he, cause he said like when I got relegated, mate, like it was horrible. Like he was just trying to be nice, you know, yeah. cause he's experienced some of that stuff. Right. Um, yep. 
But I didn't I didn't really get what relegated me. Me and my wife just watched Ted Lasso. Good watch. I need to watch. One, okay, like one of the most fun characters on TV I've ever watched. Really? really? Yeah. Like very likable. It's kind of is it Anchorman-ish? Are there elements of Anchorman-ish in it? Nah, I don't, there's some there's some silliness there. It's weird. It's like because there's all this cussing and like odd stuff, but okay. like all the storylines feel like Disney. But a, a cool character. But anyways, it's about soccer. So and and they're in Europe, and so like you can go from from like being in the one league and you can be relegated down a league based on your standings each year. So that's where the word relegated comes from. Okay, but that sounds more proper than former elite pro. Relegated. I do really know what pro. relegated means because uh, while we're talking about uh, series, yeah. So, not a soccer fan or yeah. football fan. Yeah, I'm not. Either. You know, but there is an FX series called Welcome to Wrexham. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've seen with it and watched Ryan it. Reynolds yeah. and oh, they always make fun because it's always Ryan Reynolds and the other guy, and I can't remember. And he like one of the owner. He owns a soccer. They game? both bought. Yeah. Okay. A soccer club. In right, the right. fifth division, yeah, yeah, that had gotten relegated, wrecks them, yeah. and they're trying to get build them up, up through the. So ranks. that's that's like part of the storyline for Ted Lasso, right there. Like really cool show. Uh, me and my wife have been looking for something to watch. If you got any suggestions out there? Throw it at us. But Scott we like suggest Lure Chucker, Daryl Gleason. <laughs> Lure Chucker. <laughs> Lure Chucker, Daryl Gleason. That's a good one. I can handle that. Lure Chucker. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't always catch them, but I cast at them a lot. It yeah. Could be. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's welcome where to well worth a watch. Cool. I have to watch that. Yeah. And I'm not it. into soccer now that I watched Ted Lasso, but the, the care, his character was like, it was a very positive, fun, good couple show to watch. Like I enjoyed it. Uh, there was a question earlier. I get asked this question a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you love those videos. Yeah. Uh, your favorite lure that is now out of production. Huh. That's tough. I'm because not, you throw a lot of different stuff than like the Ozarks. There's a ton right. of outer production stuff that yeah, crankbaits and jerkbaits. Yeah, I'm not a huge guy on all that stuff, dude. I'm not. Oh, you're not a lure junkie. I'm not super crazy about it. No, I'm really not. No, so like, yeah, I'm just not. I'm not. There, there. I don't. Ha I don't collect a lot of old lures. I don't have like old wiggle warts. I don't. So like, none of this stuff gets you going. I think it's cool. I get it. I think it's cool, but I don't. It's never been my thing. Like, mm -hmm. if you think it's just because of where you grew up and fish, like you didn't maybe so need to do that stuff. I mean, I don't what know. Do you need a bit. What do you need if you were to just do the basic Rayburn Toledo bass oh, like, box right now? Um, deep crankbait, Carolina rig, football jig, and I'm gonna say rattle trap, but a lipless crankbait. You know mm -hmm. that kind of deal. Um, and now obviously a jackhammer. Like Jack I could get hammer. by. I could get by with all that for a quite a while no drop shot i was gonna say throwing a drop shot but i'm in the room with you so you got to but no we catch the crap out of them on drop shots down there but to like win tournaments if i was back fishing if you were if some team came, tournaments i wouldn't listen, throw a drop shot right now if someone just said i i have zero lures in my box i'm fishing toledo and yeah. rayburn for the next five years that's probably the stuff I and would i think. got five grand or let's say ten yeah. grand i'd say like spend like five grand in egg sinkers one ounce egg sinkers for your carolina rig so you throw the football. rig a lot. I do. I, I call it the double splash. I love the double splash rig. Like I won the open double splash. And Help me get it. confidence in it. What do I need to do to get confidence in that? Put your other crap down and throw it some. That's all it is, dude. Like when I learned how to throw a football jig, it was hard for me because I loved Carolina rigging. So I literally like went with a buddy 
uh, actually my brother-in-law and said, we're not going to do anything but throw a football jig. And I went to where I catch on a Carolina rig and threw a football jig. I was like, and that was like such an aha light bulb moment because jigs, casting jigs, dragging a football jig, you don't feel as much as you do with a Carolina rig. You're three feet from feeling anything that's going on with a Carolina rig. I feel everything with a Carolina rig. Once you throw it, like it's different, dude. He lead or tungsten? Lead, straight lead, because I lose so many of them. And I, the other part of that too is, I think part of the appeal of a Carolina rig is the bottom disturbance of your weight dragging, like the mud being disturbed on the bottom and the rock moving and making noises. So I want something bigger, a big egg sinker. So like, I are like. we talking like a legit catfish egg sinker that you go in and a one ounce a bucket of them in the yeah one ounce store and you just circular them up big in egg sinker each. Yep, I buy them. Like crazy. You and don't you don't have any specific insert through it or anything. You just thread it. No, nope. no. Occasionally, I get one that wants to go over my swivel. Like the hole's too big to go yeah. over your swivel, so I have to crimp it down, or I'll put a bobber stopper over it or something. To help Doesn't with matter that. whether it's soft. Like I mean, there's different densities. No, you just want. I want a lead out. egg sinker, and that dude that was from like all those years guiding fishing tournaments down there. Oh yeah, I guess you don't want guys. You, you can't be. I can't be bombing tungsten around all that timber yeah. on Toledo Bend, right? But, but I, I do. It's. I think there's something to. So just think about a one ounce tungsten the size of it yeah. and a one ounce egg sinker which one's going to move more mud on the bottom or make more of a disturbance so i just think about a crawfish crawling on bottom or whatever like I, I don't know i think there's something about that that strikes a curiosity of a bass maybe it's in my head if it is that's fine but in my head i think something about that disturbance on the bottom gets their attention okay so you're going you care just run through it yeah are you just like 20 pound fluoro on your main um, 15 to 20, depending on if I'm in open water, I'll throw 15 cause I can throw up further. I use the eight foot Falcon. I went through the plethora of Falcon rods. Now I'm on the eight foot, uh, super duty cause it can launch them a mile and the hook set is so easy. You think it's hard with the eight foot. So like one of the things scares people about setting the hook with the Carolina rig is when you set the hook, when you pull, the first thing moves is the weight, not the hook. Right. So a lot of times you barely hook the so fish like this and then you pull and the weight goes like this. Yeah, you, you have to jerk hard enough on a Carolina rig. That's why you see the guys kind of sweep and lean yeah. into it because you got to you got to move the weight initially, but yet still drive the hook home. Yeah. So it takes a big boy hook set. That rod does a lot of the work for me. I'm not okay. a big boy, really. Just takes up a lot more line. So when you go a lot more slack, with yeah. Eight and I do my little seven footer. I call it the reverse golf swing. You know, in golf you kind of follow through. Mm -hmm. I do the reverse step back. I don't go full like and run to the back deck, but like the full <laughs> like you know lean yeah, into yeah, yeah, it yeah, kind yeah. of thing. But I get why he does that too. Like taking up slack is the best way to land more fish on your hook sets. Not jerking harder, not spending more money on tackle or hooks. Taking up the slack is the biggest thing I see from folks in my boat. They don't fish often. That if they're missing fish, that's the biggest thing is they don't so get tight enough to the fish until it's tight before sweeping into it. Yes, but also the step back method, using like using your lower body to help you with your hook set. Like, okay. I say reverse golf swing. Golf, you follow through, right, toward the ball. This, you follow through away. And I'm saying that, guys don't realize the sound difference when you slack line one versus, well, like, on a Carolina rig, you don't want to slack line them. Because if you slack line them, all you did was move the weight. You got to, like, fish take it up. here, and all the weight does is go, boop, and you're done. That's about it. And you're okay. going to hook that fish. You'll come up and jump one time and come off. So you really got to, like, that's what I love about it. It's kind of like, like Randy's on here. She says it's the hottest hook set on camera. Wow. She loves it. Yeah, because you lean back into it. Like if you get these shots where you're like, you're on your tiptoes, you're lean back. She says that because she thinks I have a great butt. Um, <laughs> and she likes when I'm, I'll lean back uh, showing that off. But 
No, it's a. Uh, it's different. It's different for every, like everyone has something that's their bugaboo, right? Yeah. But it's that's definitely not mine. If you wanted to go Carolina rigging on Rayburn, I would or Toledo Bend, like you'd get it in a heartbeat. Like it's it's the easiest thing. That's the easiest technique for me to teach someone that's never fished. Like when you say you can't feel anything, you feel everything. Easier than having them throw a drop shot out on a spinning rod and say, "Yep, I swear it is." The, but now the hook set's still hard to teach people. The drop shot hook set's obviously much easier. The hook yeah. set still there's a timing to it, but you can literally go out and throw a Carolina rig behind the boat and like we used to catch them drifting the grass flats on Toledo Bend. So like March April when the grass is like starting to creep up, it's not matted out grass. It would be like three or four foot and twelve foot of water. So what are they sitting down in the grass? Are they above the grass and go down into both? It? They're just around the grass in general, just sitting there. Just now this is line. pre Ford sonar days yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff, right? But like you go out in like housing community flats and it's like, you know, like half a mile of grass flats. How do you cover that? Right. You, especially if it's four footers, how you cover it? You, you drift it like you do, like you're on the St. Lawrence River. You literally would do that. We used to use drift socks. Me and my club boys back in the days would have drift socks like they used to use for a smallmouth. Looks like a big parachute out the back of the boat. Oh, Scalish is going to have to listen to this episode. He would love it. Um, Yeah. Like I would carry two drift socks in those days it was like four or five footers. You know, most of the terms I fished back then were trailer. So we could trailer and launch where we want to, where there's a club tournament, team tournament. And uh, yeah, so you'd like go out and make this big drift across the grass flat. Now, then we're using like lead, but like three eighths, half ounce. Lights, because you don't want it to get Yeah, blown. but we'd literally throw it out and let your boat drift, like get your timing right. Just, just like you're talking about, like drifting in current. And you, you like get your weight right, your speed right, your angle right, where it's getting hung in the grass some, but it's not balling up. And you'd make these long, like, dude, thousand yard drifts. Like, oh, you just keep feeding. Long. Oh, your no, no. drift would be a thousand yards. Yeah, yeah you'd like you. feed out your line yeah. and you go through. Ten and you feel, football. Every once in a while, you feel you get hung in the grass. You pop it out, and that, a lot of times you get your bite. But you would do that, and you know, you didn't catch one. So when you crank back up, you run into the wind. You'd move over a hundred yards, two hundred yards. That drift, you catch three. So you run back and you do that drift again, like over and over. So it's like Great Lakes fishing. It was very similar. That's why I really thought I would do better at smallmouth fishing, but yeah. I haven't figured the drifting thing out because it's rock and you stay hung a lot. So I haven't dialed that in yet. But yeah, back in the day we did that. But it was just a great way to cover those grass flats whenever you're wanting to throw a plastic, yep. not a crankbait. Obviously, I know you can go throw a, a DT-10 or something and cover water, mm -hmm. right? But um, that was always a cool thing we did. But yeah, so the Carolina rig for me is just something that, it's your drop shot. Like how you feel about a drop shot. I love yeah, Carolina. Someone rig. teach you that? Like, do you have a Carolina rig mentor? I would say I have a mentor, but the, the club I fish with West central bass club, West central Louisiana bass club, a bunch of those boys, um, were Carolina riggers and did it and stuff. And, and they just had three of them rigged and that's what they were. Oh doing yeah. It's ridiculous. Day. Like it's all we'd have out like three rods. Lizard. Just, yeah. Lizard. Uh, they were big on the flukes back in the day. They loved the straight. Flute. Yeah. I, I love throwing fluke style baits on there. Like, the way it kind of glides behind a Carolina rig. See, I don't think it glides. I think it just drags in the I muck don't. behind the behind the bottom. Like I, you have you the guys who care the who see rig, yeah, have this beautiful concept of this bait down hey, there. And don't you run it? Bringing in, the I don't think bait it's way above. Sound, yeah. And then this fluke that's just right. darting and right. fluttering. Yeah, no, cast that thing out in a pool. The bait's on the bottom. 
I bet in a pool it is. All it's doing there's is no current or structure in a pool. Nicking so the line and getting caught in junk, and then the bait is dragged behind so, in the gunk with zero movement whatsoever on it. It's amazing that anyone's ever caught one on it. Here's my advice to you is um when you feel that negative about something, it's never gonna work for you. Never. I could I couldn't take yeah, you in that's reform that's, you because you feel you have a strong opinion on yeah. it between your ears. So what does that tell us about bass fishermen? Most of it's between our ears. Oh, 100%. Look at what Thousand look percent. at what uh, Koya and Thousand Taco percent. and those guys yeah. have come with stuff that we're like, I'd never catch a bass on I, I would never throw like, the not fuzzy die. catch a bass, we'll right. beat your ass with it. Right. But like what you're saying right now, people in East Texas, like Rayburn, Toledo, Bend area are like, they would love for you to come fish tournaments against them because they'd whoop your butt on a Carolina rig, dude. They just would. Yeah. Um, what, what fish eat a Carolina rig that won't eat a drop shot on a half ounce weight and a six inch worm with a eight inch leader? What I don't know. I don't know how to classify those fish. I just know if you come fish 10 tournaments down there and you fished your style and pick whoever to go out and drag us Carolina rig, I, I would put my money on him. Not to say you won't catch fish on a drop shot. You'll catch plenty of fish. Like I'm not saying you won't. I drop shot a ton. Love it. Um, just for whatever reason. And I don't even say it's regional, but again, I think the biggest thing is between your ears. Like it's something I'm confident with. Yeah, I'm yeah, fishing yeah. it. No, different. I 100 percent agree. I'm fishing it different than you yeah. would. You're gonna throw it ten times and cuss it the whole time, right? Yeah. Um, where I, if I was throwing a a fuzzy dice under a dock on two pound line, I'd feel the same way. I'd be yeah. like, this sucks. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I love it. Now, when that's one of your favorite things, and you decide to turn pro and hit the road, it's not you don't get to use it a lot on the road. You don't do a lot of Carolina rigging around the country. You didn't Carolina rig at Champlain. I did. I actually did. I, it let me down. I caught some big ones in practice and in tournament, which you can say that when you have a bad one about everything. But yeah, I thought going in the tournament, that's how I really like catch a big, if I were to catch a 20 pound bag, Carolina rig. And I think I was throwing a little, uh, a little speed crawl. That's obviously a big smallmouth thing, a little speed mm -hmm. crawl, but like in real deep water, dude, like 50 foot. Oh, wow. Like real deep. I mean, boosh. And then just, <laughs> I went and bought some ounce and a half weights for that. But same deal, kind of drifting, like drifting like 40, 50 foot flats. Fish there were like some of the areas there I felt like when it was super windy, they didn't seem to roam as bad. Does that make sense? You know, that's the whole deal at Champlain now. They get out in 50 foot and roam. Mm -hmm. But I felt like on the days when there's like seven footers that they some of them get on the bottom and there's a little current. So I could kind of do my drift thing. Mm -hmm. But it, it didn't it didn't work in the tournament, obviously. All right, we've made it to the weight. Yeah. Uh, Pete wants to know. We got to go through the rest of it. Yeah. Okay. Wait, swivel. I do the two-way swivel. Um, no bead? I'm not a bead guy, really. What um, you say that? No bead. The only time I used the bead was when I was up north fishing. Um, and when I go up north fishing, generally I actually, when I'm fishing rock, I use tungsten. Because then I don't want the big disturbance. I want I want the noise and I want tungsten to come through the rock. I think tungsten comes through the rock better than because it's lead. harder. It's, it's harder. Grab, so it's more like it's more likely to pop off. off instead of grab. So that is the one prerequisite there. When I'm up there, I do that. And okay, then, but you go lead straight to the swivel. I know like it's, it's so boring. Dudes that, dudes that would like hire me and like I want to learn a Carolina rig. When I rigged it up, they're like, "What the crap?" Because it's straight lead egg sinker, two way swivel. Usually, I would use like 15 pound leader. Whoa, specific swivel. Like, are you, uh, you have to have, I'm a, not tied to one. I like Spro makes a really good little swivel. Okay. So you want a good ball bearing swivel. I do like a good swivel, but dude, I'll, I'll go buy the dollar 69 little brass swivels in a heartbeat. Throw them on there. And then what knot are you using? Because you got that dang lead banging Palmer, up dude. against it. Palomar. Just a straight Palomar. Straight Palomar. You're just going ounce lead, straight yeah. Palomar, 15 to 20 pound test swivel. Yep. 
And a lot of times I would do like some of my buddies, they would do like a 20 pound main leader, but then 15 pound on their other leader. So yeah, when they got yeah. hung, they would just break off yeah. and lose the hook yeah. and not all their That's weight. I thought everyone did it. A lot of times I just go like, it's boring. I got like 15, 15. I don't care. So you just cut a bigger stretch off before you use an egg sinker and a little cheap swivel. It's not the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah, I could just pull a stretch off my line. I don't have to have another spool of line handy. You know what I'm saying? I got you. And then a uh, hook, uh, generally a four-aught hook. EWG? It's fine. EWG. I'm an EWG guy. Thin, thin wire or, or uh, super line? I don't go super. Regular. Because it's the biggest bugaboo due to me on the on the Carolina rig is penetrating that hook way away from your boat. Again, I'm using an eight-foot rod, one-ounce weight. Like, I, I'm a big believer, too. Like, this year I use Seaguar Tatsu. Mm -hmm pretty thin like i think thin helps you get it further away from the boat i think the further away that your lure is from the boat and i know it's scary for some guys because yeah. you can't see what's going on on sonar but like i've already side scanned or down scanned whatever in seniors fishness area the further i can be away from them i feel like that increases my opportunities for them to be surprised and bite so we're talking like bomb casts so like more of my setup is i know i'm going to get the bite so i need to do the things to help me get that fish in the boat so, so the rod, the hook, all that's important. And I, I really don't have like this year I used BKK. They were really good, mm -hmm. good kind of new hook. Um, but in the past, I used Gamgatsu, like not really super tied into it. I did have good success with BKKs. I really liked them. But a four odd EWG works, you know, generally speaking for all around stuff. If I'm using a, a larger creature bait or something, I may go to a five. If I'm up north throwing, for smallmouth, I go down to a little three, but I still use the EWG. Are you big shark? So the old school sea riggers, big chartreuse tail guy? Yeah, chartreuse tail at all. If it's green pumpkin or uh, watermelon. Every time. Every time. I, in fact, I use the little spike at spray. I wish they would just send me like two dozen bottles a year. They make a spray. You hold your bait up. Done. Done. Because, well, like when you're guiding, the first time someone spills one of those or a co-angler, whoever spills yeah. like, the old yeah. little jug. Yeah. And, but now I have noticed I've gotten away from it. Like I've experimented. So like now when I guide, like I guided a bunch this fall, right? The dudes in my boat, once we go to catching fish, they fish. Mm -hmm. I mean, the one, one day I sit on the back, they bought me a, some, <laughs> they bought me a box of fried chicken. Really? I sit and on the you back. Sat back and ate fried chicken while I they sit, smoked them. But I put my butt on my Yamaha, crossed my legs and I had a bucket of chicken going to town on it while they were bombing Carolina rigs. So I don't fish as serious now, like it's their fishing show, right? Yeah. So I see it. So, um, but so when I do fish, I'll do things like I won't. It's a big deal. I won't die the tail, and I catch one. I'm like, oh, maybe it don't matter. So, but, but I still, if I was in a tournament, I'd die the tail every time. We've got a lot of diehard day four fans here, which was yeah. that was an awesome. Yeah. And Frank is sold on braid as his main line, like uses it Dagner exclusive. So I wouldn't argue with him because. I have a weird philosophy on fishing techniques and stuff. Like if that's what he thinks and he has success, mm -hmm. I'm not arguing with him. Um, I've had customers. So like uh, I had some folks come to me for years um, and the wife loved to catch a lot of fish. She, she couldn't handle a big eight foot rod. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I'm going to talk about. Probably my socials a little this year is like uh, rod choices. Like I can say I use this rod for Carolina rig. I'm right. six foot. I'm a dude. If you're a five foot eight dude, or if you're a six foot eight guy, like me and Hallman talked about some of that since both you of us go to an eight and a half or a seven and a half. Yeah. Me and we talked about Falcon a little bit, like what rod do you flip with? And we use two different rods. I found that unique that 
Yeah, you think you do. But anyways, um, I would I would always have braid with her and a little flimsier rod. And that way she could drive the hook home because you know there's less stretch. And I went a little flimsier rod to help her with her, you know, so you don't Frank rip the hook goes, for you. Uh, what is Frank's reason? More feel to float it. Less I've heard well, say. yeah, and then it also is a little bit of the shock absorbed. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Set. Helps with the hook set. That's but fine. He that's just what he so does. So I'm weird about that. Like if he believes in that. Like so I look at fit when I when I, we talk about like fishing tips or styles yeah. or techniques, I look at that like a buffet. When I look at a buffet, everyone there's a few things on there I'm gonna like that you're not gonna touch mm -hmm. and vice versa. So you gotta kind of find in all these tips and things out there, you gotta go use it and see what clicks for you. Weird braids. Remember Terry Butcher? Yeah. Threw his uh Colorado blades on braid. Said ought to fill the thump. He could, you could feel the freaking thump like nobody's business. I've done it. I did a couple of stories with him on that. Where you, he was, you could, you could have the same conversation with like your rattle trappers, grass yeah, fishing. No, hundred percent. A lot of dudes. Fritz was cranking with braid. A lot of dudes throw thirty pound braid on the rattle trap, or I've heard dudes like with a jackhammer throwing braid because I can feel it. That's fine. I'd feel too much with it to me. You're not big but, on floating plastic versus sinking plastic versus plastic with salt, without salt. Like you don't care about the buoyancy of that bait when you're Carolina rigging. No, that's not a ton to me. I just want okay. it to be like a color that I believe in, a shape I believe in. I feel like when you're dragging the bait or if you're in the wind and the current and all that stuff, I don't feel like it's on the bottom. And even if it is, it works. So I don't want to. I don't want to be proven wrong. Just in my head, that's what works for me. Nineteen open that you won on Toledo Bend, Carolina rig playing that, big time. Yeah, I shared a picture on social media a couple. I don't know what two weeks ago or something about. I'm I'm going back to the opens and mm -hmm. it was this picture of me holding this big one. Andy Crawford, big shout out. He was there for that moment. That was my fifth fish that day. It was a seven pounder on Carolina rig. Yep. Yep. Just the fishing a hard spot. 2020 open on Rayburn that you finished fifth in Carolina. No, that was rig a football field. jig brush pile thing. Okay. Uh, I Do you chuck them in brush piles? I've heard all you've heard you talk about is hard spots with the Carolina rig. And oh, I yeah, think. absolutely. Oh, you do? Yeah. I'm not taking a bunch of customers there to do that because you'll go through like 2,000 yards of line in a day because it's, it's a lot harder. There's a lot of feel. You almost like swim it through there, if that makes sense. Like you kind of reel the weight into the brush yeah. pile and kind of work it through a little quicker. But um, generally, if it's brush pile, I'm throwing a football jig. I'm looking at it. Or a drop shot. I will throw a drop shot up in a brush pile. Yeah, like it's one. Of those, it's a regional type thing. I get it, but it will. It's you, not regional. It's you can learn a lot about, deal. like, you, Florida, dude. It's real popular in Florida. Carolina rig is oh, massive. Fishing shell beds, grass. Peter T. What he's yeah. done with the PD rig. Yeah, and that was a fluke. Okay, here's I one for you. Watching them on Onondaga, and so I did. I did uh, at Seminole. had a had a good event at Seminole this year. Mm -hmm. Finished thirty something. Um, some of that was sight fishing, but. One thing I like to do when fish are spawning around pad stems, you can't always see them every day because it's so windy and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I have a little thing I do, and it's I'm not the only one that does oh, it. Oh, I've seen you do this. This is what you were doing at uh, Ross Barnett. Little split shot. I do the split shot. This is shot. what you were doing at Ross Barnett when you went past. Remember when I was sitting on that patch that I lost all those fish on where I, I was? remember. Yeah, yeah, you do. We're on Ross Barnett. We were in that bay. The guys who were leading it were about a – Mm -hmm. 500 yards down there were 40 people in the bay i was on the patch of grass i lost three out of it was teaching the whole bay new words yeah and you came by and we're like you having fun hanger and you were casting that little split shot rig yeah. as you went by so and, and generally when i do that it's a it's a like a fluke style bait yeah you were in shallow pads two and a half three foot of water yeah, yeah it was fun after so after like Seminole, i caught so so basically trying to catch spawning fish that i that i know are in the area but you can't see sometimes i'll actually like at Seminole. 
like after I troll through an area, I'm like, oh, there was a big one on the point, but I scared mm -hmm. him. I'll come back an hour later and just bomb to that point with that split shot. So the thought there is the little split shot. When we say split shot, I'm talking about like what you'd use for like pan fishing, like brim fishing. What we're fixing to use today. What we're fixing to use today. And I put it, you know, let's say a foot above. The, just to get the bait just above down. It. it gets the it it gets the bait down. So think about when you hop it through, it kind of like comes through the bed. And a lot of times a split shot will bump the pad stem and kind of get hung. And when it does that, your bait back there, 12 to 14 inches or whatever, it's almost weightless. So on the days like where it's a little windy and I can't see them on beds, um, I mean, I would throw a straight weightless bait, but it, it wouldn't glide right. It wouldn't get down. It would just kind of float in the wind. So, yes, but I did that at Seminole split shotting. And, uh, I'm trying to pull this up on, on just like yeah. like that little pack of water gremlin yeah. deals that, you know, you yeah. turn the and, and dial look, and pull your Size don't matter. Size you just, out. you know, like size matters in a few things in life, but not on split shots. Yeah. If you get one too light, add an extra split shot. And don't worry about the whole crimping it on there, like breaking your line. Like I use 20 pound in the pads at Seminole, like thick pads. And, uh, the reason I do the split shot though is the way it hangs up and it allows you to feel it. Like a lot of times you would throw a weightless Cinco, right? Yeah. But it sucks with the bow in your line yeah. and all you that stuff no on idea a windy what's day. going on. So I could kind of get that in what I think is a fishy looking area, hole in the pads or even a point where I saw some fish. And as I kind of pull it through, like your, your split shot to catch every once in a while, when it catches on a pad stem, your bait kind of does its thing down. And to me in spawn fishing, generally, if you can surprise them and keep something in their zone, like it, so that was a fun tournament because uh, I shared some water with other anglers. It was cool to tell. I won't, I won't say who it was, but like, because one of the days he kicked my butt, mm -hmm. like swim jigging, like fishing fast, he kicked my butt. But on day three, he was like, dude, I ain't catching. I was having like the best day. So after the tournament, I told him what I was doing. He's like, dude. Because I mean, like, like, come on, dude. It's not like something you hear yeah. a lot of pros. I'm out there split shot in a, you know, a soft jerk bait. You that's know, what that's what you see the dude when you idle under the bridge that he's chucking. Yeah. Out, out yeah. towards the Those pond. guys are making fun of guys doing yeah. that, but I'm doing it. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. The, you know, but like I use 20 pound uh, floral on that. So you got to be a little careful when you hook them. Mm -hmm. You don't do the grill hook set and like the, there's a, there's a thing you can do there. Like when you kind of fight them and lead them. You don't like, cause I caught like a four or Wait. five pounder in the pads. You don't like. Walk me through that. So your hook set is like, you can kind of get it, get in on them on the hook set a little bit, but then as far as fighting them, the more you do, like if me and you grabbed the rope and just pulled as hard as we could, someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's going to end quick. Yeah. One way or the other. So what I try to do, like, especially in that, if I'm not using braid around thick pads, you almost try to like lead them out of everything. It's, it's, it's hard. It's Stick like a, them, drive the hook home and then drive just, the hook home. And it's kind of, and, but now trolling motor on 10, hauling butt to them while this is so going on. So you're following it and you're just kind of getting to You're kind of reeling the slack and letting them do their thing. Where if you got them jumping out of the water and they're <laughs> flip flopping and all that, all you're going to get a tangled mess, right? Yeah. So yeah. here it is. They may swim around a pad, but it's like your line went one direction where if you jerk and they come up all over, you get all that craziness and then they're pinned. And those don't, that don't end well a lot of times because yep. they sit there and flop and get off. Which okay. is hard. That's hard to do. It is. It, I had Pete Glusick on yesterday. Yeah. And who was doing, he did a Bass University. He was talking about Hackney, was talking about flipping grass for smallmouth. Uh-huh. And he said it that Hack, let me see if I can get this right. He was impressed because Hackney said the best way to hook smallmouth and grass when you're flipping, we're talking yeah. Oneida, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, where do you win? Cayuga, Cayuga, that yeah. type of thing yeah. is they're so aggressive that the moment they feel pressure, they want to 
yeah, clamp down on it even more. Right. He goes and you reel into them and you never hose them. Right. And he Is said that that's because the they hardest. open their mouth. Yeah. So yeah. you either blow it out of their mouth when right. they go like that. Yeah. You don't hook them, or you can just lean into them real, and they. They're not going to let them go. They yeah. hold on harder, and, which drives a hook. Drive yeah. But yeah. it's kind of that same principle where it goes against everything against you. Where a, you a little. It is. Jack them and get it them is. through that grass and get right. them to the boat, but you're better off. Just kind of ease ease them through it. Because what, so to me, when you get them like, and I'm thinking pad stems are like, mm -hmm. they're brutal to get fish out of. But when you get one to come up and jump in pads, like if I'm throwing a frog on braid, it's different. I yeah. get, you got to churn them. I get it. But like in this situation, like especially in the spring, a lot of times the pads aren't all the way up full. It's not such a tangled mess. It's really just stems. So think of it like it was like if it was light timber or light bushes or something. Like with fluoro, I just I have better luck kind of easing. Them. I don't. I'd say easing them because it's not like you're just like. Oh. Wait, what are you? What rod are you using in that scenario? Uh, you're not still using the eight, are you? No, no. It's a, a seven two swim jig rod. It's like okay. one of my favorite all around. Like a medium heavy. Kara. Yeah, like medium hair heavy. It does a lot of things. Um, got a little tip on it, like yeah. any rod you would throw like a spinnerbait on. Okay, something yeah. like that. Like got some backbone too. It. It's got a little backbone, a little softer tip. Yeah, yeah, but you're just not meat hauling them out of there. You you just kind of it's more of a finesse way of getting them in the boat. But you are you're trolling up there on high and all that stuff. And if they do, and and what happens to me is if they do get pinned, it takes longer for them to get pinned. So what happens to me is if like I make a long cast. Jack him. He comes up, flips over, thing gets all hung up, right? And he's seventy foot from the boat. Now I got to try to get to him yeah. while he's shaking. And a lot of times they wear the hole and get loose. So to me, the way what I'm talking about is, if he does end up pinned, you've had more time. You're closer to him by the time he gets pinned. So little things, dude. You know that's what it comes down to. Like yeah, but that's stuff that you can only learn from experience. It is. I mean, and, it's nice to, to and I, hear it and stuff, but I mean, the real reason you know that is because you've jacked them 70 feet out and, and lost six and lost pounders like, cartwheel multiple times. Yeah. and been like, okay, we got to reevaluate. Yeah. Stuff. So how do you learn that? So this is the biggest thing I try to teach on guide trips, especially when I get high school kids now. Yeah. We'll go out and like be on a school of fish and we're catching two pounders. And every time, dude, like, I get it because I used to be there. I've oh, been Bassmaster in every just came out with their hook set of the year awards. I'm we're not ripping on hook sets yeah. or anything, but I mean it's glorified oh, slack line in these suckers yeah. at boat flip. But like even the fight of a fish, though, like I always find it fascinating. And again, I've been in I've I've done every step in fishing, right? Mm -hmm. I've been the wannabe who wants to be somebody. I've tried to get through it all and, and fish some very high ranks now. So, but like I'm gonna say kids, but even whoever doesn't get to fish, they have a nine to five. When they when we hook a fish, as someone who's not super experienced, I think in our heads we think he's going to weigh more the quicker we get him in. Like he's not. If it's a two pounder, he's going to be two pounder now or thirty seconds from now. So one of the things I've tried to do, like especially like trying to help folks land more fish, is learn to fight them, take their time See, a little I'm bit. I'm not there. I'm the exact opposite. Right you try to get there. them in, don't you? I am a big proponent of keeping the fish moving towards the boat and yeah. not giving them any time so i will not go up and i the, this this year was my now granted i didn't hook many big fish this year daryl so don't no, but, hold but that you, against me but was it this year or last year you tell me you boat flushed a big one you boat flipped one in florida was that yeah, last year like a seven and three quarter but that was yeah. 60 pound test break right. but uh that situation i but agree two years ago i lost I, I went through a phase where i was petrified to hook a big one right. because i would lose it 
this past year, you felt like I you said, played them too much. Yes, I said I am bringing every fish I hook to the boat, yeah. and if I break them off, I break the dang things off. And I my hook to land ratio went up because I wasn't missing them on the hook set, yeah. and I wasn't breaking them off. I was losing them three quarters of the way through the fight. Right. Right when you start to think about sitting down, and we're yeah. talking about like, yeah. no, trust me, make the elite series caliber fish yeah. in six or seven of the nine tournaments. I, I went through what you're talking about with the smallmouth. Like it was lost miserable. Them like I would hook one, yeah. and I would be like, oh my god, why isn't this just a two and three quarter that I could get in the boat? Because yeah. I need. I hate fish. that it's a five. Please. Yes, yeah, and that is not the right mindset. No, it's but not. that's what the first thing you think. I wonder how I'm going to lose this. Oh my god, one. it's another four pounder. I wonder how he's going to get away. And yeah. every time they make a move, you're going, no, 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 no. Right. But um, this year, I kept the hook points moving towards me. I kept the fish yeah. reeling. I said, I'm either going to break them off. And I got so many more fish. I say I was 90 So it kind of goes back to what we said about lures for that. That works for you. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But I find uh, some people are, they're on the other spectrum. They get it too fast to the boat. And they don't have the fish handling skills now that you have, right? When you get down there and he goes to doing his thing, you've landed enough fish by hand. Yeah. So you're you're better than like the novice angler, right? So they get down there and they're at war with this like pissed off fish. who's not yeah, ready no. to be caught. You know? So there's a, there's a balance for everybody there. I try to help people slow it down a little bit. I find that helps. It's easy to speed up. Everybody wants to speed up, but it's true. Th but this is fishing to me. Like anytime we talk about stuff like this, you're going to say a works for you. Potato, and I'm like, potato, six, I don't do it that way. Dozen the other. But it all goes back yeah. to your confidence, dude. That's what I think. I'll right, take a final break of the show. When we come back, wrap things up. We got crappie to catch. So can't wait. BTL on a Tuesday, Daryl Gleason in studio. We'll be back right after this. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife. And Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry. So whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips. So if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid. You've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing, from household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Shoreline Boat and RV, dock rash, storm damage, collision repair, that deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prize possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water, fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new, quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatAndRV.com, Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. Great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year, catches fish all over the country, and I think it's gonna catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat so you can never have enough new colors. 
That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad just a really different looking color for a crankbait so you want to give them a little different look that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with all these colors are available in the original little john and the md have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig the type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision making process no matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. All right, we are wrapping things up here. BTL on a Tuesday, Daryl Gleason in studio. Thank you for uh, making that. It's like an hour, what, an hour drive? Right at an hour? Yeah, yeah, from the Bass Tank. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, much appreciated. No, it's, it's uh, awesome, dude. And then we're going to go out. So this year, full disclosure, uh, 0 for 1 on crappie trips. Last time so, I went, I saw two in four hours. That ain't what I wanted to lake, hear. At a different lake. So you haven't told me this. I thought we were going to catch, and I call them, um, you know, like, Cajun folks call them Sakalay. Yeah. And then I call them Cropolay. <laughs> that's like a little mix. A little mix of East Texas and Cajun Cropolay. So uh, yeah, that's so if uh, if there was a guy trip and someone coming and be like, yeah, I've, I've only went bass fishing once and it wasn't good. That's not a good way to start. But here's the thing. You're setting the bar low though. No, you need water that's below 50 degrees. And last week it was 51. Okay. So we're on the brink. That should help. We need uh stable weather for at least three days. Which we've had, yeah. Which we didn't have last time I went. So now you're backing yourself in a corner. No, now I'm starting to expect. So there greatness. was some turbidity in the water. Yeah, that put the fish more on the bottom. And we need high skies, sun, which we've got, which yeah. I had last time, but I didn't have right. some other factors in my favor. And then we need light, light wind, which it blew twenty the last time I was out on the water. Right. So, it was, and, you, you and we're going to a lake that has a higher density population, less chance of a three plus pounder, more but, chance but of more. a two and a half, two three pounder. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you what my biggest crappie is because we don't, in my part of the world, we don't wait. And I know you've probably caught some gargantuans. Yeah, especially uh, last few years playing with Ford Sonar, like on Toledo yeah. like on jerk baits and stuff, like some monsters in the spring will eat a jerk bait, dude. Yeah. Like I caught I, them there in April when we were there on the, you know, you see yeah. a tree in 30 foot of water yeah. and there's like three or four and you get They're a weighted like, jerk bait down there. I caught there some a couple years stops. ago. I think we're spawning like in six foot of water on a stunt. There's like eight of them around it. All like that. I caught the whole family. Yeah. They like that or like that. I mean, you know, somewhere, somewhere. I don't know. Like that, they're big. I knocked. Did they? Were you like that's a freak show crappie, or were you like that's oh, a big crappie? I felt like it was over two pounds. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I was like that thing's huge. Well, hopefully, we'll put some on the scales today. We got the. Uh, I didn't put them on the scales in my part of the world. We put them into grease. Anything that's over an eating fish. Anything over two goes back in the pond. I think for what you like, that kind of stuff's going to be different for me. It'd be fun. Yeah, I'm we're going to try it. So I get excited over one, like a two and a half pounder I get excited about. That's a big one. I thought it was funny because we were like, we're, yeah, anything over two and a half. That's is a good. Big one. Okay. I'd give us 50% chance on that. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was funny. And then we were talking about going and you were like, hell yeah, I'm in. You're yeah, like, something different. You're like, I 
never get to go fishing with other people. No, I'm the guide. I'm the, <laughs> yeah. Now, and I say that like, you know, like Swindle took me a couple times out yeah. on tour. That was fun. I don't get invited a lot to, uh, to just come sit in the boat. Like I had a buddy a couple years ago. I come home from, from, uh, being gone in like an August and there's a little team terms like you want to mm -hmm. fish dude. I'm like, dude, I ain't been on the water. He's like, I have, I'm like, I'll go in your boat. I'll sit in the back. You tell me where to throw my worm. Like, I, I love doing that. I do too. I don't get invited to do it very often. So when I do, I'm like, yeah, I'm like going to step in mud, get in your carpet. I'm going to be the worst dude ever. I'll eat all your snacks, drink everything in the boat. Um, but mostly for me, it's fun when you do that to turn it off a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're always a guy on the troll. Just enjoy being on the water without. Yeah. Being, like I'm oh the dude. It's God. It's, we're sucking. Yeah. I'm never going to say I don't love my job and love everything, but it is cool occasionally for someone else to run a trolling motor and make the decisions and you just get to. Yep. Just get the fish. Like, it's fun. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's too cold. I mean, I would have liked to, we played golf before. It's been a long time and you, you hadn't played lately. I haven't played in a year. I, I, I would have loved to have got you on the golf course right now. I, you're on fire right now. You're pretty much in peak form, right? You hitting the ball better than you've ever hit it. Yep. Yep. Ooh, yeah. No, I don't want any part of that. I keep getting older and the ball keeps going. I, I, so like literally, I'm like still not that good ago. though. Let's be honest. I'm like, I'm not that good. I just, I, I enjoy playing. Last October, November, December, I really got back into it yeah. where I could, I was, I was touching. We were, we were going to do something last year and we didn't yeah. do it. That let's yeah. not talk about it. Cause we may do it another time. Yeah. Big but I was deal. touching the upper eighties. Yeah. Which is know, good. Like full it's round, good. honest hit shooting 88 to 93. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, like guys I play with back home, like we're all, a lot of us are pretty close, mm -hmm. you know, like, like I did have a day the other day where I shot under par, but we're also not like playing sixties. Yeah. I shot 60. I had seven Don't birdies. Tell, yeah, seven. seven birdies. It was awesome. In a row. But, um, in no, I, in a round, but I didn't make my first one to whole seven. Oh, wow. So That's I like, on fire. Yeah, it was hot, dude. Um, but we don't play the tips. We don't play every lie down. Like we'll we play preferred lie where yep. you can bump it and get you a good lie and all that kind of stuff. So it's not DeChambeau shooting seven under par or anything. <laughs> like I get it, but um, we're all pretty close and stuff, like as on our, our level. So we have a good time with it. That's yeah. that has become I've always enjoyed playing golf, but um with the stresses of uh of like what fishing and some of that stuff can lead to in life, like that is my getaway now. And I have a really cool course, like a quarter mile from my house at Cypress Bend. I proposed to my wife on the golf course. Aww. It's right by my house. Like lots of cool memories. We can take, we can go over in the evening and play around and bring our dog, our dogs now, since we have a plus one. So, um, but it's fun. It's something me and my wife love to do together. But for me, like the dudes I play with most of the time, we don't talk about fishing. Mm -hmm. Like the guy that I usually ride with is a poker player. He's a professional poker player. Yeah, you're totally cool. That. Yeah, cool dude. Um, but that's my getaway from fishing because every every other time in your every moment in your life, that's what we talk about, it's what we think about, it's what me and you text about. Yeah. When you call a buddy I and you're driving somewhere, you talk about fishing. The crappie oh, yeah. fishing's kind of a break. It's just totally yeah. different. And I I'm kind of excited to see how you, like how you do it. I've I've like scoped some a little bit for crappie a little, but I hadn't really went out and just targeted them. But I live on one of the best crappie lakes in the yeah. world. So it'd be kind of cool no to do pressure. this and go home and well, no, I'm saying you can teach me some stuff. Yeah. Hopefully that I can go home. Now I'm gonna be honest. My, um, I don't have to catch big ones. My wife likes to eat crappie, so okay. if well, I can, we can send you home with some crappie. I don't have to do that today. I can do it at home. But if you can, if you can train know, me, if we catch a mess of 13, 14 inches, there's yeah. no reason that we shouldn't mm -hmm. slab them, knock the sides off of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you can train me to be a better crappie angler, you'll make a big fan out of uh out of Randy. Uh, so. Speaking of which, for those who want to follow the adventures of uh, Randy 
Rowdy. What's the Rico? Mo. 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 Rico would have been good. Randy, yeah. Rowdy, and Mo. Mo our new uh, adoptee shelter dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got anything planned? You still going to do YouTube stuff for the we're, Opens this year? Yeah, we're going to do some YouTube stuff for the Opens. Um, I me and you may do some stuff after the Opens. We talked about maybe doing some yeah. like recap type stuff. Be fun. Yeah. Um, but as far as me and her, yeah, I'll do all the normal socials, Instagram. She does. She'll do some YouTube stuff. Um, I'm doing. I'm gonna be doing a lot of videos with the Bass Tank Academy. Okay, be fun. Like kind of on the water electronics teaching stuff. So I'll be. It'd be all the same stuff, dude. We're gonna be traveling around the camper. We're now. We're we're looking at getting a double stroller. You know. Raddy's got his little stroller. She a pushes around. Double topper like those guys who, who yeah. is it? Alton Jones, who had the deal where he put the boat underneath and then he put the Oh, you're talking about for the top. camper. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the stroller like I know, but I'm just saying same concept, what it sounds, except looks, yeah. you have you have rowdy yeah, in, because in the it, bottom bunk and yeah, because my wife's always photo and a video and it weigh-ins. She had to figure out an easy way to get rowdy around in the stroller. And Rowdy's an elderly guy. You don't like to walk. So we got to figure <laughs> out how we're gonna get Moe's little spastic. Has he ever liked to walk? But, yeah, a little bit, but he's kind of got little legs. Like he's, you know, it's a weakness. He has stubby legs. He don't like to walk a lot. But yeah. I mean, even in the early days, he didn't mind a stroller ride. No, who wouldn't? I didn't know some dogs. Get I would anxious, love it. He looks like Caesar or something. Get pushed around, but like, he's always just been cool, just sitting yeah. there and taking it in. Yeah, I get it. I wish they made adult size strollers. I'd let someone push me around. It's awesome. But yeah, we're gonna get yes. a double stroller and roll around. I'm sure, there's some show on TLC. Where and well, and and so she's still gonna do uh, her and uh, her and Gerald's wife. Leanne, mm -hmm. they do the real RV wives on TikTok and Instagram, like where they do a lot of kind of like the wives' perspective on camping and traveling and chasing us around the country. So they do, and they do some cool camping tips and like product things and things like that about things you need when you're RV camping and stuff, which is really popular right now. Yeah. So we'll be doing all that kind of normal stuff. Nothing. I guess it's all become some normal now, but yeah. that's what we do. But yeah, we'll be doing like we do some of the YouTube stuff. We don't go nuts with it. Most time it's like recap videos. If we have a good event or some cool things we want to share, we'd like to share. It's like a a cool way for me to share what we're going through on the road with like especially all the folks back home that keep up with us and all that. I like it. It's gonna be fun. I, really, I'm excited to be even though I'm relegated, I'm excited to get the open start this year, dude. Like, I'm ready to hit the road already. I'm going to fish some stuff at Rayburn in January, like the warm-up. Like, I'm ready to go fish. Fired up, man. I'm ready to go fishing today. Let's go. Let's go. All right, this has been another edition of BTL Bass Talk Live. Another in-studio guest tomorrow. Uh, speaking of crappie, Zeke Anderson a good one. is one of the top five crappie guys potentially in the country. Right. He's underrated because he's humble. Yeah. He's taught a lot of guys who know who consider yeah, themselves yeah. the best of the world. Yeah. Taught a lot of those guys what right. they know. How to do it. And yeah. then just kind of sits back and goes, Oh, that's interesting. That's how you learn that. Hmm. That's cool. And he's the one who taught him. That'd uh, be that'd be a good listen. He's if, yeah, if you guys don't know him. It, so what he's going to do is a show on crappie fishing for bass anglers. So that's gonna be so many bass anglers that want to get into this crappie fishing thing and do it, but you go to the crappie world and it's like a foreign language. Uh -huh. He's a crossover guy. He knows yeah. exactly what to do. So that'd be so gonna go like, I'll listen to that on the way home tomorrow. Yeah. Um, hey, I want to let learn how to catch crappie, but you know, crop learning to catch crappie is a good way to help yourself get better at scoping. Fish. And well, he's going to talk about that so. and all sorts of stuff. So Zeke yeah, in studio awesome. tomorrow. And then uh, Friday, I fly out to El Salto. Follow. Yeah. All right. Thanks for jumping on. Peace. Yeah, dude. Thank I you, enjoyed dude. it. We're Always headed fun. to the lake. Thanks, everybody, for listening on this Tuesday. Same place. 
Same time tomorrow. BTL, we're out.